as many uh, as I can see have read from my letter that I released yesterday, we are beginning to relax some of our COVID um, protocols. This morning, we are making it optional, your decision whether you wish to mask while sitting in your pew. The times that we do ask people to wear a mask is while you are singing and as you come up for communion. And as the weather gets warmer and our numbers go down a bit more, we'll begin relaxing more and more of our um, protocols. So, but here's the good news for me. As I look out, if I don't see a mask on while we're singing, I know you're not singing and we need everyone's help with singing today. So I do ask everyone to sing loud and sing proud. <laughs> so on that note, I invite everyone to please stand and join in singing hymn 390. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts, 
by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O Lord, you have taught us that without love, whatever we do is worth nothing. Send your Holy Spirit and pour into our hearts your greatest gift, which is love, the true bond of peace and of all virtue, without which whoever lives is accounted dead before you. Grant this for the sake of your only Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. Our first reading today is from the book of Genesis. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, so dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors 
So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. The word of the Lord. second reading is from 1 Corinthians. Someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? Fool, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And as for what you sow, you do not sow the body that is to be but a bare seed, perhaps of wheat 
or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a physical body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the physical, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we will also bear the image of the man of heaven. What I am saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel or sequence hymn this morning is hymn 657. We'll sing the first two verses prior to the reading of the gospel, the third verse after. So please stand and join in singing hymn 657.
Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Growing up with three brothers, the topic of forgiveness was almost a daily event. It usually came about after 
one of my brothers or I took offense with the other and not being able how to being able to resolve the problem with words which for us didn't take long to give up on usually melted down to some form of some form of physical altercation in which mom would eventually come in screaming, Christopher Columbus, or Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, what's going on, and divide the two of us, and hold us apart, and then scream at us, say you're sorry, and forgive. Usually to our replies were, but he started it. <laughs> to which mom always replied, I don't care who started it, you're both at fault. So, say you're sorry and forgive. That was about the extent of the discussion and conversations we had growing up in the Swan House around forgiveness. And never did it begin to grow into its more nuanced form as we find in the Gospel. But yet I did often hear from my father when I was falling into the family trap of holding grudges, remind me that Jesus says, forgive and forget. I think he added the forget word in there because I don't see that anywhere in the Bible. But that was often the next part of the lesson. But there is no doubt that Jesus calls us as his followers to respond to those times when we feel that we have been slighted in a slightly different way that was what normal human instinct calls us to. Even in Jesus' day, the understanding is that if you had been offended against, you had the right to revenge. And even when the people heard in the Sermon on the Mount to do an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, that was radical. Because one had the right to ask for more than what had been taken, or more than the offense or hurt against you. But Jesus even says to us, go even further. Forgive your enemy. Even love your enemy. Jesus says, when hit on the cheek, Turn to give him the other cheek. Why is that? Because when you turn your head after being struck, you're able to look the individual right in the eyes, and they have to acknowledge your humanity. If they take your cloak, offer your shirt, for the embarrassment is not on you, but the individual who is doing so. But it still calls us to love and to forgive. But what is it and how is it that Jesus calls us to forgive? And how do we forgive without being the doormat to the world? And I think about this in relation to several years ago, after I'd been in my parish in Camillus, New York, for about three years, I received a letter from my former boss. Through the three years I had worked for him, he had been extremely short-tempered, and at times, I use this word very sparingly, 
abusive, not just of me, but of the entire staff and the congregation. It was not unusual for him to just lose his temper over anything. Half the time we didn't know what was going on. But three years into my tenure in Camillus, I received a letter out of the blue from him. I hadn't spoken to him, hadn't had any contact, but received a letter asking for my forgiveness. He had come to the conclusion he was an alcoholic and was working his way through the steps and was asking to make amends. But unfortunately, because we had not been in relationship, because I had not been able to travel the course with him that he was traveling, all that letter did was bring up all the anger and the hurt from those years that I worked with him. And after speaking with a friend who was a therapist, came to the conclusion, I was not ready to forgive. And as a priest, that was very hard. Because as a priest, I'm supposed to be able to forgive. And I remember her saying to me, then don't forgive. Don't forget. But when you are ready, and it was two years later, after mulling over this request over my head, that I finally wrote him once again and say, yes, I'm ready to let go of the anger, to let go of the hurt, and I forgive you. But that doesn't mean that I want to enter back into that toxic relationship. Nor is that what God is calling us to do. What I could do is forgive and pray for him in his journey to sobriety. I could have compassion for what I understood of his very troubled childhood. I could still love him, but I could not necessarily go back into relationship and into the toxic relationship that was there. And as I read Christ's words, I realize that is not necessarily what Christ is asking us to do. But Christ is asking us to forgive, not to go back to the way things were, because if we look at what amendment of life is about, if we look at what reconciliation is about, is the fact that by forgiving, we open the door to reconciliation. We open the door to transforming both our lives and the others. We open the door towards moving into a relationship that has changed and is healthy. And why is it then that God and Christ call us to forgive? So that community has the potential of being rebuilt when there is a rip in the system. Because only when we are able and ready to forgive and the other is willing to apologize and change whatever the behavior was, that there is potential to move towards reconciliation and the new life that God desires for us. In our Old Testament reading this morning, we hear 
what is coming to be the conclusion of the Joseph saga. Now, many of us are very familiar with the Joseph story, thanks to Lloyd Webber, who wrote a wonderful musical about it. But we are at the point where after Joseph, who, if you really read the story, he was obnoxious. He knew he was the favored child of his father. And I think he kind of lorded it over his brothers to the point that they finally said, look, enough is enough. And then they bound him and were about to kill him, but one brother took mercy on him and decided to sell him off into slavery in Egypt. If anyone had the right to be angry, it was Joseph. Now some, probably 20 years later, Joseph, having risen from slave to being basically second in command to the Pharaoh, having protected Egypt from famine, knowing that there was five years of bumper crops or seven years of bumper crops to be stored and kept safe because there are seven years of famine coming, that famine is now two years in the land of Canaan. And his brothers, humbled and hungry and possibly starving, unbeknownst to them, journey into Egypt to seek food and help in their time of need. It is Joseph who recognizes them. It is Joseph who chooses to forgive in that moment. Joseph had many other options open to him. He could have immediately had them bound and sent to prison. He could have just sent them away and not fed them. But he chooses to forgive them, claiming and seeing how God's hand had turned a bad situation into an act of salvation for the world. Joseph doesn't forget, because he reminds them in this passion, in this passage, that they sold him into slavery. But now is time for reconciliation. He offers them the food they need. He calls for the opportunity to have his father come to him so that he and his father can be reconciled. And then out of love and mercy and compassion for his starving brothers, sees to it that they have a place in Egypt in which to maintain their cattle and raise their families so they can live through the famine. It's interesting that on the cross, Jesus says, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Words that open the door for us in the moment of great humility and anguish to open the doors of God's compassion and grace and salvation upon us. So this week, we are called to forgive as God has forgiven us, to be merciful to those who have harmed us in the way that God is merciful to us, and to have compassion for others 
in the way God has had compassion for us. Amen. Please stand and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one God, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. All please join in the prayers of the people. In peace, let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. For the holy church of God, that it may be filled with truth and love, and be found without fault at the day of your coming. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Michael, our presiding bishop, for Nicholas, our own bishop, for all bishops and other ministers, and for all the holy people of God, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who fear God and believe in you, Lord Jesus Christ, that our divisions may cease, and that all may be one, as you and the Father are one. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the mission of the Church, that in faithful witness it may preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who do not yet believe, and for those who have lost their faith, that they may receive the light of the gospel. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the world, that a spirit of respect and forbearance may grow among nations and peoples. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those in positions of public trust, Joseph, our president, and Daniel, our governor, that they may serve justice and promote the dignity and freedom of every person. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who live and work in this community, those who make their living on the sea, and those who work our hospitality industry, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
for a blessing upon all human labor and for the right use of the riches of creation that the world may be freed from poverty, famine, and disaster. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the poor, the persecuted, the sick, and all who suffer, for refugees, prisoners, and all who are in danger, that they may be relieved and protected, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this congregation, for those who are present and for those who are absent, that we may be delivered from hardness of heart and show forth your glory in all that we do. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our enemies and those who wish us harm, and for all whom we have injured or offended, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For ourselves, for the forgiveness of our sins, and for the grace of the Holy Spirit to amend our lives, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who have commended themselves to our prayers, for our families, friends, and neighbors, that being freed from anxiety, they may live in joy, peace, and health, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. In our parish cycle of prayer, for Barbara Vigent, Norma Valanis, and Barbara Vasilewski, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, for all deacons, as they make Christ and his redemptive love known to the world, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who have died in the communion of your church, especially John E. Winters, in whose memory the flowers have been given, John T. Piccioni, in whose memory the sanctuary lamp has been lit, Alberigo Romeo, and those whose faith is known to you alone, that with all the saints, they may rest in that place where there is no pain or grief, but life eternal. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. Rejoicing in the fellowship of the ever-blessed Virgin Mary, blessed Peter, our patron, and all the saints, let us commend ourselves and one another and all our life to Christ our God. To, to you, you, O Lord, Lord our God. Before I give the closing doxology, I ask your prayers this morning that there be an easing of tensions throughout the world, especially in the area of the Ukraine. For yours is the majesty, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done 
and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name, amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Peace. I invite everyone to please be seated. Again, I'd like to thank everyone for your ongoing cooperation as we now kind of move slowly out of this pandemic and continue to care for one another and help each other feel comfortable by um, keeping up with masking and um, distancing as appropriate to the time. Also, I'd like to thank all those who were part of last week's annual meeting and for those who attended either here or online. It was really wonderful to see so many participate and be actively part of last week's meeting. As we look forward into what's happening this week, on Tuesday evening, the vestry is meeting at 7 p.m. by Zoom. That means Episcopal 101 is it's not technically canceled on Tuesday because it was never scheduled for this Tuesday, but we'll be taking a week off and we'll resume a week from Tuesday. Our Wednesday Bible study will take place by Zoom at noon. Uh, I think we're on chapter 14 at this point in the book of Acts. Uh, we just finished 13. We may take a little snippet back, but we're kind of in that zone. Our Thursday evening Bible study by Zoom, which is in the book of Luke right now, or the Gospel of Luke, that is taking a week off. Um, they actually chose to do that so that I could have the evening to prepare for um, this coming weekend when our daughter Chelsea will be getting married, and we have lots to do that night, I've been told, so <laughs> uh, we're taking the evening off, which reminds me, next week, um, Father Richard Schweinsberg will be here. Many of us already know him. He's covered for me several times this year, so he'll be back, and part of our slow, steady um, movement through the protocols and why I'm delaying some things a couple of weeks is really, I don't know where his comfort level is yet, so he may ask for a few more things than we're asking at this time. So I just ask everyone to kind of work with him. Um, I will fill him in on where we are, but everyone's kind of in a different place right now. So, but he will be here next week. He's always a delight, and I understand he's a lot of fun. I love being around him, but I guess he's, He's, he's a trip. That's what I hear. He's a trip. So um, if you want to come for a trip, next week will be lots of fun with Father Richard. Also, looking ahead a little bit, on starting on March 15th here in the church, that's a Tuesday evening, we will be having our teach series on Teach Us to Pray with Mother Eileen Lindemann. She is the priest in charge at Holy Spirit in Charlestown. She'll be here for four weeks, and with those who gather with her, she'll be offering a workshop-style um, presentations on 
different forms of centering prayer, whether it be centering prayer itself or um, praying with icons, all sorts of contemplative styles of prayer. Also coming up, and signups are now available for both of these things online at Eventbrite, which link is available to you either through Facebook or through um, the eNet. On April 2nd, we'll have a quiet day with Sister Sarah, and she will be leading us through four or five meditations on the sorrows of Mary at the cross. It'll be a full day of meditation and reflection. We'll have lunch together, and then um, we will end with the celebration of the Eucharist. Those are things that are coming up, and oh, I almost forgot. It's only a week and a half away, guys. Ash Wednesday, and that will take place on March 2nd. We'll have two services that day. We will have a service at 12 noon, and that will include the imposition of ashes and the celebration of the Holy Eucharist. We won't have a choir or music at that time. If you come to the 7 p.m. service, you'll have the same service, but we will be adding music at that time. So those are, I think, all of my announcements. John has an announcement. I'm, you're correct, 6.30. I apologize, I announced the wrong time. Thank you. Point of correction, well received. So, any other announcements at this time? Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, because in the mystery of the word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn, to proclaim the glory of your name. We give thanks to you, O God, for the goodness and love which you've made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your words spoken through the prophets, and above all, in the word made flesh, Jesus, your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil, and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he'd given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, 
We remember his death. We proclaim his resurrection. We await his coming in glory. And we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country, where, with the blessed Virgin Mary, and blessed Peter, our patron, and all your saints, we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. Live without fear. Your Creator has made you holy, has always protected you, and loves you as a mother. Go in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, be with you always. Amen. Let us stand and join together in singing hymn 347. forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Thanks be to God. Okay. Okay.